Welcome back. Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show. Good to have you on board. And uh, hopefully uh, you're enjoying the day. I honestly don't know what's happened to the uh, live stream when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the problem. I uh, don't know. I mean, as of right now, we're just uh, going to be kind of running off of the, the microphone that's in front of me. But uh, the rest of the stuff, I, I don't know. Couldn't tell you. So I apologize, but sometimes things happen. And maybe we just need to pick up something new, piece of equipment-wise. So we'll see what happens. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You can find us. And we got a lot coming up still. About an hour from now, Paul Charging going to be joining us. And uh, we'll be talking to the Charge about some fantasy football stuff uh, that's going to be coming up. And so I'm always looking forward to that. And uh, obviously, if you want to get into the discussion regarding the Milwaukee Bucks and what they did, and man, I'll tell you what, uh, it it was really interesting. I've been seeing a lot of different um, advertisements on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff for the Bucks and for season tickets. Be a part of the action, be a part of the fun, all that kind of stuff. and I'm thinking, you know, man, it's I, I can't believe that basketball season's already here. It's it's creeped up on us really, really quick. And I mean, after tonight, think about this. After tonight, a quarter of the football season is over. Think about that. That's amazing. So for the Packers, I mean, now you get into this weekend, you're already into the first uh first day of October, but it, it's flying by. And all of a sudden you look, and sure enough, there's there's the NBA staring you back in the face. And then the word broke that Damian Lillard is, Lillard is a Milwaukee Buck. Now, I'll take both sides of this. On one, Damian Lillard, a tremendous player, and the shooter you've been hoping for for a long time. The one thing the Bucks have not been able to consistently do, no matter if it's Middleton or or Drew Holiday or anybody else for that matter, Grayson Allen, is they just have not had that go-to guy that's going to stand at the top of the key and or just be on the arc and say, give it to me with 10 seconds. I'm going to stand here, and I'm going to take the shot. It's always been get it to Giannis, and Giannis will do a Euro step and try to drive the bucket, or get it to Giannis, and he's going to take an ill-advised three, and it's going to bank off the backboard, and they're going to lose a game. Now you've got that legitimate three-point. I mean, this is a guy like almost Steph Curry-esque that can shoot well beyond the arc. No problem. Very difficult to defend. Wants the ball in his hands at the end of a ball game. Period. So uh, you've now got that guy. That's fantastic. On the other hand, on the other hand, you now have a guy that doesn't defend very well. And I'm not going to say he's Michael Red kind of defensive bad, but he doesn't defend. And one of the things down the stretch last year that was so aggravating with this team was that nobody played any defense. They were flat-footed. And we talked about that, whether it was Boston or Miami a couple of years ago. It just They were a flat-footed team. And it looked like age had caught up with them. And Drew Holiday was your best defender. And he didn't even look like much of a defender down the stretch. You have energy guys that come off the bench, but that's not the starting five you want on the floor in crunch time when the game's on the line. So 
the, you, you're probably going to have to take some good and bad. And Damian Lillard has not played more than 70 games in the last, what, four years, I think. So sometimes it's been rest. Sometimes it's been that, uh, that, that leg issue. So, which is the reason he wears the, the compression pants, if you will. I don't call them pants, but the, the leg compression socks, if you will. Um, so you also have the possibility of injuries. Then you put him alongside Chris Middleton, who has barely played in the last year and a half. And Chris has had his issues and injuries, and you've had to baby him, and he's almost the, the David Bakhtiari of the Milwaukee Bucks when it comes to getting him back on the court. So you do have injury issues. You don't have defense. And you don't have a ton of depth on this team. And the one thing that the Bucks were able to do for, for the year they won the championship was even their bench was pretty solid. Their bench could score. And there were times where the starters would just go toe-to-toe with the other five, but the bench would give you a lead, and then the starters would come in and close it out. You don't have that anymore. That's kind of eroded over the last couple of years, and you haven't been the same since really you lost P.J. Tucker. You still have Bobby Portis and company, you know, that you're able to able to utilize, but for the most part, I mean, it's it's – or that you've been able to utilize, but for the most part, it's just been a different-looking bench. So – I, am I excited? Hell yeah, I'm excited. I think the Bucks, and I thought the Bucks were one of the top three going into the season, and now they are pretty much the legit in this season. Um, so you're going to have Giannis, Chris, Brooke Lopez, probably Malik Beasley, and Drew Holiday as your starters. You're going to have. You're still going to have Jay Crowder. Bobby Portis, and that's the other thing is Jay Crowder. You kind of think you, you forget about, but Jay Crowder can he give you something? You know, can he give you something? So you still got uh, him, Bobby Portis, and company. So I'm uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what this team can put together, and obviously with a new head coach and Adrian Griffin, uh, new attitude, new breath of fresh air. You know, we'll see. Um, I don't know if he's in over his head or not. I don't know what he's got the capability to do, but. I know one thing that there's there's a lot of excitement for Bucks basketball this year. That's that's for damn sure. So uh, that's it. So uh, I, I'm I'm excited. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. So Grant, when that was announced yesterday, the probability because everybody talked about the fact that Damian Lillard was on the block and could end up in Green, in uh, Milwaukee, but I think everybody thought for the most part it was going to be a pipe dream. Two reasons why. One is. I just didn't think he really wanted to specifically come here until I heard recently that he wouldn't mind playing with Giannis. But the other thing is, is that we become these jaded Wisconsinites that say, oh, it'd be great. Oh, my God, it would be incredible, but it'll never happen. So give me your thoughts when you finally, when we were sitting there talking to Jeff Levering yesterday and all of a sudden word breaks that Damian Lillard's coming to the, coming to the Bucks. By the way, Jeff Levering, a trooper going on it, right as that news broke. And I also right. looked up at the TV. Colin Cowherd had David Spade in studio when that news broke, talking about David Spade's new show. So yeah. David Spade is just sitting there kind of with his you-know-what in his hand while Colin and his producer break down this Damian Lillard. It was very awkward and it was right. very, uh, it was fun to watch. So Levering was a trooper for that. I, I was... Thrilled, Bill, because I didn't think this could happen, not because the Bucks are a Wisconsin sports team and, yeah. you know, they come close, but they never do it. The Bucks just, I don't, I didn't think had the assets to do it. I, I didn't think Drew Holiday would be appealing to the Blazers because they're rebuilding. So why would they want a package based around Drew Holiday? And I guess I was wrong 
and, and I didn't yeah. think that was a possibility. So that's why I thought Dame was a pipe dream. So I'm I'm surprised and I'm thrilled. I I agree. I, I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't think they had enough. I thought they had pretty much maxed everything out. I mean, I give credit to to, to John Horst. I, the one thing I will say is they have no draft picks, no ability, no nothing. I mean, they they don't have much to trade anymore, other than some the uh, other than some of the <laughs> they don't have anything. They other than the personnel they have in the locker room, they don't. They're out. They're they're out of assets. A room at the new hotel left. down there in the Deer maybe, District. Maybe, maybe that's it. Trade. Yep. That's maybe it. that's it. Yeah. Maybe that's it. So. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, uh, by all means, go ahead and do so. 877-867-1670. What else do we have here? The, uh, um, this is from Jack. Uh, no, we already dealt with that. Um, Christopher says, uh, Hey guys. Uh, I feel like uh, the Packers are due this one. They've lost three straight to the Lions, and the Lions are coming in trying to put their mark on the NFC North, but the Packers have been playing scrappy football. If the Packers eliminate their own pre-snap penalties, what do you think their chances are? Um, Man, I – well, first of all, I think their chances are much better, let's be honest. I think the Packers, if they eliminate the pre-snap penalties and they play some clean football, I think they're obviously much better. Um, we have not seen this offense really operate the way it should, except for maybe like two drives all season long. They had the really solid drive down in Chicago. I think it was third quarter. And they had another one, obviously, last week uh, against the Saints, or this past Sunday against the Saints. But we have not seen this offense really operate tremendously. So I, you know, and we've talked about that as keys to the game. It's eliminating the pre-snap penalties and stop putting yourself in bad down and distances. So that's first and foremost to me. Um, but I, that that's a that's a good point. It, I want to say if they clean it up, that's one thing. But look, they've got two. Uh, the whole left side of their line is new, right? And you've got young guys in Musgrave, Tucker Craft. You got young guys on the outside that are still getting a you know acclimated to a new cadence from Jordan Love and how he does things and game situations and such and Josh Myers and the way he snaps the football and you know I, and we've already seen a a mishap when it comes to a specific call or a specific you know go word so I, I guess it's going to come as the season goes because if it doesn't I mean this team's going to be filled with miscues that we're going to say woulda, coulda, shoulda. But for the most part, I believe that this stuff can be fixed. I remember the year that Mike McCarthy's team, God, it was 2000, I want to say 14 or 15. And it seemed like they just got off to a start where it's just, it was constant. It was miscue after miscue after miscue. And they drive the ball and look great only to get down to about the 35 of the opponent, 40, and then you get a false start penalty, and then you take a sack, and the next thing you know. But they were they were moving the football between the 20s, between the 30s, and it was always there was always a penalty that, that put them behind the eight ball, and it wasn't until they started to straighten that out that suddenly things really started to get going. So as much as you want to look at the guys that are on the field and the concentration level and such, I think you, you got to do something as a head coach 
to drive it home of the play can't start until it starts and you can't move until the play starts. And while you want to be quick, you want to get off your mark, you want to get to the guy across from you, you want to hit your hole, you want to hit your gap and all that kind of stuff. They just, they can't, everybody knows it, but it's just, and then it's the game management stuff. That's Matt LaFleur. You cannot have the clock running down consistently and taking delay of game penalties. It cost you in the game against Atlanta. So it's only happened a few times, but that's something to be cognizant of as well. I will say, and and Barb, you are right. Barb says they have not run the clock down to zero near nearly as many times as Aaron Rodgers would. That's true. They're getting they're they're getting in and out of the huddle. They're getting to the line of scrimmage. And when you hear the stories now that are starting to come out, we knew they would that, yeah, Rodgers would get a play and he'd say, okay, we're not going to run that. He changed the plays even with Matt LaFleur much more than what we were led on to believe. And they they would say, well, we're going to – he would read the play off and then say, but we're not going to do that. And then read off a different play and say, you do this, we're going to – you know, whatever, whatever the call was. And then would change the play. And so there was a lot of communication going on inside the huddle. You're not getting that anymore because Jordan loves getting the play and running it. Here you go. Okay, so that, that's been somewhat helpful in also getting the playoff and, and getting the snap off before the clock is striking zero on the consistent. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Potawatomi, go to paysbig.com. Whether it's the Rock and Brews uh, new uh, you know, restaurant that they have there, the Dream Dance uh, Steak, or uh, yeah, the Dream Dance Steakhouse, Ryu, which is a tremendous Asian cuisine uh, place that they have there as well. The 360 bar that is downstairs. They've got gaming. The bingo is back. The sports book is open. All of that stuff. Not to mention a great place to stay. That's Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. Goes to pay, go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 9-30-2023. Packers have struggled on fourth down today. Love will take it in. He told us he would do the Lambeau leap on a rushing touchdown. I ain't never been a part of a win like that before in my career in the National Football League. Give it up for yourself. I mean, those guys are special. They made some great plays when we needed it most. You know, it wasn't perfect a lot of that game, but, you know, guys never flinched, and they showed out and showed up and made plays at the end. 
Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. And uh, joining us now on the hotline, our guy, Mike Clemens. And, uh, Mike, uh, quite, the, uh, quite the exciting day at Lambeau Field as they get themselves a win. Uh, however, uh, they've got a tough team coming in uh, tonight, no doubt about it. So uh, how are you doing, man? I'm doing okay. Um, you know, you want to have all your bullets. You want to have as many people on the love train as possible, right? So, right. So you want to get your ticket punched if you're Christian Watson, who's missed all the games so far, three of them. Last year, you know, he comes into camp, and then he ends up having to have knee surgery. He misses most of the training camp after having that right after their mini camp. Then there's, like, another hamstring, and they don't really get him going to like, midseason, but once they did, oh, look out. And and used best is not always necessarily the deep ball guy, but to get just get the ball in his hands behind the linebackers because he's not doesn't have that big of an upper body. It's just for some reason, Bill, when you when you're at ground level with this guy, he's so tall, just some way that he carries himself. But as soon as that ball's in his hands, you just see people backing up because within two steps they go, like, oh my God, this guy. He is so fast. He's so fast. And that's what makes him such a threat on the field. So Christian Watson uh, pulls his hamstring like the last week of this year's training camp, misses three games. He doesn't want to talk about exactly what went on. Uh, when we first, He made himself available, though, this week in the locker room. And when somebody said, okay, do you think you can make Thursday night against this division opponent, the Lions? And he said, that's the plan. Oh, well, let's let's take that a little further. So was this like always the target date that they sort of circle that? We asked LaFleur about that. You know, oh, we get it. You're resting guys like Watson and Jones because you've got the Lions, and that's the most important game. And, and mm-hmm. LaFleur said, no, no, you played that on your show. He said, if a guy's ready to play, he's going to play. So Watson was asked, was this Thursday night game against the Lions always the target date for his return? I mean, there was there was no date for me. Uh, I mean, it was just as soon as I was um, feeling like I could go out there and, and be Christian Watson was was uh, when I was going to go out there. Um, and obviously, you know, they, they have the, uh, a lot of input too in that and just, you know, seeing where I'm at. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it was just whenever I was ready. You know, Mike, uh, and, and I appreciate the fact that, you know, that they want to get it going with him and get Christian Watson and company back. Um, you know, I... I, I but you wonder how good he's going to be, and you hope that there aren't any setbacks and such when he finally gets out there, because this has been something now that's two years in a row that's been problematic for him. Yeah, and and just the way he's built, too, it's like, oh, man, is he going to be like one of these track stars? Like, you know, he's good for the 100, but, you know, forget about him for the rest of the meet, and, and he's got to have his rest. And to me, most hamstrings, I mean, they feel like a waffle iron on the back of your leg, and it takes a, at least a month for the pain to go away and before you can really get it working the way you want to. So Christian was asked, so, you know, you, you had this thing happen at the end of camp, and Lafleur tries to keep these guys, uh, you know, as protected as possible. Was there like a setback while you were trying to get back on the field? Oh, no. I mean, I'm just trying to do as much as I can every day. Um, so, I mean, if as much as I can is just going out there and, you know, doing the indie drills for a couple minutes and then just running off the side, I mean, that's – that's what I'm going to do. I mean, I, I, don't, I didn't really have any setbacks um, throughout the process. Um, the injury just was what it was, and, um, you know, it took a little while to come back from. 
So, Mike, uh, look, I know that that's something that, you know, we're all going to be keeping our eye on, but you also want to see, you know, Jordan Love and, 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 you know, this guy continue to grow with or without Christian Watson. I mean, I they always say you can't make the club from the tub and you can't worry about guys that aren't on the field. So, Jordan Love, the importance of the guys that he has there, the connection that he's got with Romeo Dubs, what he's developing now with Luke Musgrave, and the fact that uh, yesterday we played a lot of it with a lot of the comments that you had had from inside the locker room where a lot of the guys believe in him. They talk about him balling out, and we got his back, and we know what he can do. And so all of that stuff I, I goes a long way. Right. Uh, and and can I quickly go through what the updated injury list right now is this morning that we've got? Yeah. Okay, so one thing that's going to help out Jordan is Christian Watson and also Aaron Jones. And so there are reports, it's not official, that Aaron Jones will try and go tonight, uh, coming back for that hamstring suffered against the Bears game. Uh, the other ones are Elton Jenkins, of course, he's out at least a month or so with a, a sprained MCL. Uh, on defense, Devondre Campbell, uh, the linebacker, he is on the injury list now with an ankle. He missed most of camp with an ankle injury, and I've been told this time it was the other ankle that he injured against the Saints. Quay Walker, uh, the second-year man, he's had the radio helmet on. He's been calling the plays in the defense since last, late last fall when Campbell was injured, and he hasn't taken it off. So he's now running the defense. Uh, a couple of others here. Carrington Valentine, Jair Alexander, uh, the reports are, it's not confirmed, that he's unlikely with this back injury he's had now, which it cost him to miss the Saints game. Carrington Valentine, number 37, the, the great rookie that flashed during camp, they put him in that game against the Saints. He left the game with a bicep, and you're like, oh, that doesn't sound good. But we did confirm it's not a torn bicep, so it must be some sort of you know, contusion. We don't know about that. Back on offense, Zach Tom won the right tackle job, except he left the Saints game with a knee injury. We don't know if he's available to play tonight. That'll probably be a Yash Nyman thing. And then last but not least, Bakhtiari's not going to play again tonight at left tackle. How serious is this now? You mean like for Gutekunst or for Russ Ball? It's $23 million. That's what it is. And, you know, my understanding is, you know, it's this year, but then after that, you know, it's a decision about next year. And to me, I think Dave already knows this is his last season in Green Bay. But it gets back to that long conversation that we had on this show with him directly where it's not about, it's not about inflammation. It's not about draining fluid. It's pain. It's pain threshold. It's, it's stiffness in the knee. It's the left knee actually locking up and unable to go which is why he can't get out there. Why is he still playing then with this after only playing in 12, 13 games since he injured this on New Year's Eve, you know, in 2020? And his answer is, because I, when I can play, I'm still beating their best guys. They right. can't get past me, and I kind of groove on that, doing it out there with one leg. But, you know, that means that Rasheed Walker's out there at left tackle again against a very tough front line, five guys on on the defense for the Lions, and we'll talk about some of the Lions in terms of their injuries. But, yeah, you know, you bring up about Jordan Love and things that he learned from that comeback victory uh, on Sunday against uh, against the Saints. And I thought this was really – I mean, you can even hear him grow to the next level of his confidence when saying, 
what's the importance of knowing that the team is behind you and they're doing those little love heart signs in the end zone after a touchdown after last week's comeback win? Yeah, I think it's I think it's huge. You know, having the team behind you, having everybody having that confidence in you is is, is very huge, um, and it helps me just go out there and be free, play free, knowing that I, um, you know, all these guys trust and support me. Um, but I think it's all it's all about what we got in this locker room. You know, we got some good guys, some good leaders, and like I said, just having that support of the team is huge. So now that you're uh, three games into this thing, going into your fourth, and I can't believe already a quarter of the season is going to be over by the time they wrap it up tonight, but. Where, you know, when you talk about what they thought they would be, I mean, if we sat here today, Mike, and said they're two and one coming into this game, I think we'd all be thrilled with that, you know, and they're only a score away or maybe a penalty away from being three and oh, or maybe, a, you know, a, a penalty away also from being or a missed kick away from being, you know, one and two. So where did, you know, you kind of think this team would be at this point? Uh, maybe two and one, maybe with a loss to the Lions tonight. I would think that, uh, you know, you'd think the Bears would be improved, but you could probably still pull one out. And how great would that be to win that game in Chicago and still own Soldier Field? And then the Falcons, like, eh, you know, we could probably beat them. Uh, and the Lions, I don't know. So I thought maybe two and one. And so Jordan Love was asked, where did you think you'd be by now? Yeah, I envision us being three 0 going into it. That's my mindset going into it, trying to win every game, um, and plan on winning every game. So um, two and one, you know, you know, it's been a lot of things we, we've seen during the games that we can clean up, and a lot of good things. So it's just continue to grow and get better every week. The uh, the loss in Atlanta still, you know, you kind of look at that and you think, man, um, it, there were so many miscues that were self inflicted. They could have still won that game. However, I did find it interesting when we were going through some of the sound out of the locker room and the coaches talk that some of the things that Atlanta did are the same things that New Orleans tried. So defensively speaking, uh, I thought, you know, that the Packers kind of shored up that run defense. But uh, like you said, and like Jordan Love just said, they're learning as they go. So when you end the Atlanta game, you got the ball in your hand and a little under a minute. But let's, let's just move down the field. And try this Anders Carlson for, you know, 55 yards out, and we can win the game. Except what ends up happening? Four, five in a row incomplete passes, and you walk off the field with that? What is that? And so then what's the difference against the Saints game? They went into that two-minute offense. And like we had from Samari Torre, uh, number 83 wide receiver, because I thought, what's, they look different now. He's under center. He's throwing short passes. They're moving the chains. They don't even have to huddle. Well, this is the two-minute offense, and they ran it early in the fourth quarter. That's when they started moving the ball, and that's when Torrey and the other receivers say, when we do that, we don't even have to think. We don't have to think about, you know, X, Y, Z, shark, left, right, you know, and say, where's the safety? When we do two-minute, we just line up and go because we know what the play is. We know what we're supposed to do, and we don't even care what the defense is doing. Here's another thing we forgot about. Jerry Gray. Jerry Gray mm -hmm. was the secondary coach for the Packers for like the last three years. Jerry Gray is doing what now? He's assistant head coach for Arthur Smith and the Falcons. You don't think that helped out? So listen yeah. to what Jordan Love says. This, listen carefully. What the differences was between the play calling at the end of the game against the Falcons 
and last Sunday at Lambeau Field. Yeah, no, I think I mean I think Atlanta helped us for this situation, just knowing that you know every every game comes down to the, the last couple minutes in these situations, critical situations, and you know situations that you got to take advantage of. And like I said, just lock in on every play because you never know when that big play might come. But I, I think Atlanta helped us um, going forward in this game. It was it was a lot of situations we could learn from in the two minute that we didn't take advantage of in Atlanta that I think we did a better job of taking care of in, uh, against the Saints. Uh, two like minutes. Said, yeah. We didn't take advantage of. We didn't run our two-minute offense against the Falcons. Oh, yeah, and uh, they also learned from some of their mistakes. So at least there's progress being made. Let's do this. We'll step out. Mike Clemens joining us for the next couple of segments. Hang in there. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I wanted this job bad because I felt like I knew this community. I played here. All right, here's what I know this place has been kicked, it's been battered, it's been bruised, and I can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. I can give you, uh, you know, hey, we're going to win this many games. I can't. That, uh, none of that matters, and you guys don't want to hear it anyway. You've had enough of that shit, so excuse my language. The city's been down, and it found a way to get up, all right? And so this team's going to be built on, we're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And, and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right? And we're going to stand up, and then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down, all right? And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap and we're going to get up, and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before before long, we're going to be the last one standing. Well, there you go. That's quite the visual. And, uh, boy, there's there's a lot of biting going on. I didn't think there was any biting in football, but apparently there is. They're going to take a chunk out of you. So that's Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. Dan Campbell has brought a junkyard dog mentality to that team, hasn't he? And it's working. So there yeah. was his opening statements, you know, two and a half years ago on a January 20th when he had that press conference and people thought, oh, God, what have the Lions done now? What kind of a clown have they got? Well, let's see. Um, he put a team on the field and the Hard Knocks crew came and people started saying, Man, this guy's pretty good. And you start learning about their players. And so then they start winning games because this stuff starts to sink in. He's He's changing the culture. We don't quit at the end of the third quarter like the Detroit Kitties have in the past. And and you play to the end, and you study harder, and we mean business or you're not going to be here. And like you know, like an old Mike Ditka, we're going to change the culture. And the next thing you know, people start following this team, and then they start winning these games. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You've you've opened your doors. You've become personalities. You don't treat the media like garbage. I listened to their press conference this week. The media is joking with them. They love this dude. Finally, they've right. got a different story to write rather than ripping on the lines. You rip on the lines now in Michigan, it's like you're anti-American, right? And, right. and, and franchises need to learn this more. The Jets went into that mode. They learned a little bit from the lines and said, yeah, go ahead. Bring your HBO cameras in. And, it, and guess what? The Lions, Ford Field, all the tickets are sold out now. This is how it works. This is how we get all and, – and free agents want to play for your team. So here's a question that Dan got this week about 
All right, you beat the Packers 15-9 to at Ford Field in November, and then 2016 on a cold day at Lambeau, you sent Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb into the tunnel. They weren't going to the playoffs, and you've now beat them three times in a row. And here's how that went. What did last year's sweep of Green Bay, particularly that last game, do for the momentum of this franchise going into the offseason and the season? Uh, I mean, look, I just it, that that's a it's a uh, that's a good win on the road, division opponent. If you can't get in, that's the way you got to end it. You know, you you uh, win some games and and you find a little bit of a flow, and and it's just it's always good to to win on the road, especially in this division. You know, but I think that's that's the extent of it. You know, and now it's a new season. We know we can win out there. We've done it before, but you got to go earn it. It's not going to be given. It's going to be a It'll be loud, you know, it'll be a tough environment. They're playing good, so here we go. I, uh, I, you know, again, like you said, Mike, they're all kind of talking to him, joking with him. There's expectations now. It certainly seems like the culture has been changed. Once you get a culture change, then the next question is, can you take that next step? And that, that's the big thing. And, and Dan Campbell, when you talk about, uh, you know, Jordan Love and facing Jordan Love and then Desmond Ritter and some of these young quarterbacks and getting aggressive, getting after these guys, that's what they want to do. And th- this is, is there with Jared Goff. And Jared Goff's having a hell of a season statistically right now. With Jared Goff as one of the better quarterbacks in this division, this is time to put your stamp on a division. I agree. Jared is also, he's, a, he's grown, you know, his third year there. I mean, he just looks better running the offense. So, you know, he game manages, and they shocked the world by beating Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs at Arrowhead. And then they lost a game that went into overtime. There were their, both teams, Seahawks and the Lions, flying all over the field. Uh, but they beat the Falcons 20-6. to And so Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Lions, asked, is Jordan Love similar to the Falcons quarterback Desmond Ritter? Atlanta did a little bit, not as much. More of theirs was... Uh, oddball formation shifts, um, you know, two back, uh, you know, the 21 pony stuff. Um, but as far as, man, everything's built off the run, play pass off of it, um, they they do have a lot of similarities. Um, you know, and both of those guys are mobile quarterbacks. They have the ability to – it's not something that um, they hang their hat on, but they, they can hurt you with their legs, you know. You know, Mike, uh, you've got young guys, other guys on that team that are excited about playing at Lambeau. It's a Thursday night contest. They've got three straight wins over the Green Bay Packers. They knocked them out of the postseason last year. Uh, For all intents and purposes, this is still a pretty big game, not just to put your stamp on the division, but also to say we have really taken over the supremacy of the Lions over the Packers. On an offense, the Lions are getting a couple weapons back. David Montgomery had a great game in that opener against the Chiefs, the former Bears running back, where I imagine people in Chicago were saying, why'd we get rid of this guy? Uh, this next week he had a thigh injury, but he's expected back tonight, as well as their offensive tackle, Taylor Decker. On defense, um, um, I'm looking for that kid's name. The one that had those two picks against uh, Rodgers in that final game, Kirby Joseph, a hip injury. Uh, we don't know if he'll be back in tonight. Uh, another one of their veteran corners, Emmanuel Mosley, he will probably be out tonight with a hamstring. But then I, their, their linebackers are very speedy, especially when we watch the tape against the Seahawks. I mean, these guys have just come flying across the field. Alex Anzalone is playing at Lambeau Field tonight and talked about how much excitement this team has got to being in another primetime game.
like as a player, you don't really pay attention to that stuff. You kind of just, you know, this is our team. This is what we're going to do. Um, that's how we have to really approach it. How different are they from last year? I mean, obviously a different quarterback, um, you know, but similar personnel in the skill area. Um, yeah, O-line, it seemed like they, their core group of guys stuck together. It'll be different, I'd say. It's hard to really say because I don't want to put a stamp on it, but, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see what they do and how they attack us, and, you know, we'll see. How about playing part-time at Lambeau? You're right, yeah, it doesn't get anything better, any better than that. We did it last year, you know, with a lot on the line. You know, this year it's 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 going to be fun. It's going to be, you know, primetime game, national TV, and Lambeau doesn't get any better than that. One of the big concerns for the Packers is you don't have the left side of your offensive line. You've got Aiden Hutchinson. You've got a better defensive front. They're good at stuffing the run. I mean, they, they, they can bring it now. Hutchinson's a beast. they got a good corner, too, a rookie, Brian Branch, that they drafted in the second round. And then on their defensive line, like Charles Harris and uh, Jones and those guys, I thought this was a very interesting comment from Josh Myers. He says, that that defense, it, it's it's not so much that they're just you know really physical guys and they want to get into fights you know like when a, when Sue used to play there that kind of thing. He said you know what's really tough about that is the formations that that defense has got. I like their scheme personally. I think it's a it's probably my personal favorite defensive scheme in the NFL. The defense is around. I think it's the most effective personally. And then uh, they've got guys up front. They're really good. We're gonna have our hands full. Look, they they put five bigs pretty much and two linebackers in the box. I mean, that's going to be more difficult to run the ball against. And on top of that, you know, they've got players across the board who know the scheme very well and have been there and have worked together for years. So, yeah, they do a nice job. Well, they, they're a hell of a football team. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And, and just Josh Myers alluded to, they've got a good defensive front. But, you know, the Packers, they got to be getting after it as well. Defensively, they played pretty good and ultimately ended up with Rashawn Gary's help knocking out Derek Carr, which really kind of helped that team as well. But defensively, the Packers have been playing better. I just – they're going to run the football. David Montgomery's going to come at them. They're going to go – then they back it up with Jameer Gibbs. Uh, they've got a good complement of guys with a good tight end now that they believe in. It's, it's, it's a tough defensive task for the Packers. Yeah, when you think about right now, who's got the best – Biggest threat on defense in the division. I don't know if it's Daniel Hunter anymore with the Vikings. Uh, Rashawn Gary's off to a tremendous start, three sacks last week, and he's still having limited snaps. But, you know, how about Adian Hutchinson, first-round pick for the Lions, kind of a face of the franchise, and even the Packers outside linebacker who remembers this kid as a teammate at Michigan talks about how tough a challenge he is for the Packers' offense. Yeah, I've been seeing it, uh, what we're going on four weeks. Uh, the times that I've seen uh, him on TV, he's been in the backfield a lot, um, causing a lot of pressure. Um, for sure, a guy that we got to look out for. But, man, love his pass rush. Good stuff. Let's do this. Uh, Rashawn Gary, the other guy that's going to be all lobbying for more snaps too, Mike. Uh, you know, that guy's become the one-man wrecking machine. For the snaps that he's had, the productivity that he's had, it's been remarkable. So my question is, if you're going to reset, do you give uh, Rashawn Gary a few more snaps? Right. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you let him go? And so we asked, is he like, does he like lobbying the training staff to get in the game more? Oh man, they know they know uh <laughs> they know how passionate I am about uh this game and this team and they know they heard they heard my mouth last Sunday, so it's still a little battle between me and the trainer room, but I'm staying on the path. 
Let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We got Mike Clemens on the line with us. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details, offers end at 9-30-2023. I lost them twice. And uh, the year before, they lost the last game, too. So three in a row, right? So this shit means something. It's going to be a dogfight. And you just got to be that way. It don't matter where you play at. Your division is going to be a dogfight because we see each other twice a year. So it's hard to beat a team twice. And we lost them twice last year. So tone's going to be set. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show. We continue on and talking with Mike Clemens, our guy in uh, in Green Bay. And Mike, uh, you know, Keyshawn Nixon, another guy that's kind of looking for more playing time. And, and, you know, they're utilizing him in different ways now. Interesting stuff that uh, they're, they're trying to use him both offensively and now defensively. Uh, right. Uh, but an offense, too. And, I, you know, to me, I'm thinking – I mean, here's a guy who's elevated himself from a special teams player uh, or, or a, you know, a, a dime coverage guy to now being trusted as the returner who, you know, just I mean, said was a, a leading returner in the league last year with that opportunity. And now, you know, he's, they, they got him in a play on offense last week, a little sweep and 11-yard gain and everything. Now, I kind of think some of the guys that, you know, cover the team, they get too excited like, ooh, look, it's a defensive player who's playing now on offense. I, <laughs> they get so worked up over that. It's like this is way it should be, right? Mm-hmm. I don't care right. if you're hurting the feelings of Christian Watson or somebody else that's trying to get their catches or their snaps or whatever. You know, look at the career Taysom Hill has made all those years. It, okay, maybe I'm not the best quarterback, but there's ways that you can use me. And so the, he had one play last week, and so someone was asked him, you know, did you, like, lobby hard now that you've gained respect as – as not only a, a defensive back, but as a nickel back, as a as a kick returner, did you lobby the coaches hard to say now I want some plays on offense? I ain't said nothing, no. honestly. Uh, I said something about it in training camp. Uh, gave me a couple of, like practices with it, and uh, yelled at me. It was like, "Key, finna get one." I said, "Okay," and I got one. So that's just how it went. No big deal. Which yeah, no big deal. I'm in. I'm good. I'm happy but do you with know that. What that. Do you know what that says? That says, do you know what's so much different about this team? When you think about flea flickers and when you think about quarterback throwbacks, which, you know, that one kind of failed, but, you know, Wicks was wide open, just Jordan Love slipping on the slippery turf at Lambeau Field. This would have never happened last year. Why? 
because the offensive coordinator wearing the number 12 jersey would not have allowed for it. He would be looking out for his sure thing receiver, whether it was Devontae or the next year, you know, Randall or Alan Lazard and all right. that. Anybody can carry the ball. The coaches are willing to try anything. It's, you, you, they're unpredictable. And I think that's going to help these guys in their game tonight. Is Do you think they're also looking for anybody because A.J. Dillon has been disappointing? Uh, boy, that's a good point because he is. I mean, I, he's not – I have heard coaches talk about aiming points. You know, like, hey, look, it's not the first-team offense and our timing isn't there. But just the way the guy was built – is built and what he's done in years past – he just doesn't seem, you know, they say, well, he, he's getting better at the lower pad level. Like, come on, man. This, this is his third <laughs> right. year. So, right. you know, he is he, he is a disappointment, and I don't think it's just because he's not getting the right blocks. I just, for some reason, the, the power isn't there like it was a couple of years ago. I, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm kind of baffled as to why he just isn't, I think Mikey lost a step. Just watching his first couple of steps, I think he's lost a step. That's just my opinion. Or vision or what? You know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it just takes a kind of a reckless, abandoned courage to be able to put your head down and, and to make those plays. Right. Mike, great stuff. I'll see you at Lambeau tonight, pal. See you at the game. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. There you go. Mike Clem is joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. Good to get him on the air with us. And we got another hour yet to go. Coming up next, the charge. Time to get some fantasy football stuff together. We'll be talking with Paul Charchi, and that is next on The Bill Michael Show.